Good evening. My name is Shalisha Bino and this is The Exchange. It is a show that focuses on immersive topics, sensational stories, and illuminating interviews. Tonight we will be speaking with a man that wrote and directed a feature-length film and owns Starstruck Multimedia. Please welcome Jaron Eichner to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh man, always and any time. And so can you tell us about some of the advantages of owning a multimedia company? Uh, I would say the biggest advantage is probably freedom. Um, just to build the ability to move how I want to move um, on my own boss. But also, um, this is why I tell people all the time that being a multimedia artist is just basically being an advanced storyteller. So just finding different ways to tell stories, whether it's through video, um, writing, music, graphic design, et cetera, so forth. You're all you're kind of doing the same thing in every single lane. Um, but that's the cool advantage of it is that if you're a good storyteller, you're basically already a multimedia artist if you know how to utilize those talents. Very, very well said as well as well played. Sounds like it is a very exciting job. Yeah, I, I enjoy it a lot. I've been doing it for the last almost eight years now. And um, there's been a lot of ups and downs for sure. But I would definitely say that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it either way. This is uh, my life. I love it. <laughs> awesome and awesome. Now, other than graphics and special effects, what are other things that have changed in the film industry? Uh, I would say the writing style has changed a lot over the last decade or so. Uh, I got my degree. I went to Scottsdale Film and Theater. Um, I graduated with uh, two degrees, one in film production and one in screenwriting. And um, I was taught a lot of traditional methods of screenwriting. And what I've noticed over the last about decade or so, especially with the rise of streaming, that there is a shift in how we write stories. Um, a lot more character focused and character driven as opposed to giant set pieces or um, even like the hero's journey. That that whole structure is kind of being flipped on its head right now. So it's actually very interesting to see how writing is going to continue to change over the, the coming years. Awesome, awesome. Personally, as a cinematographer, screenwriter, and author, I get that one million percent. And it's a very um, interesting thing to be able to observe those grand changes and just how you see those characters come to life. Awesome things. Now, <laughs> here's one that I really, really love. Everyone talks about a terrible film. So in your opinion, what is the worst film ever made and why? And also, how would you change the story if you had the opportunity? Um. So the worst film for me personally, and this is this is super <laughs> super personal because I and, and my friends, if they happen to hear this, they'll probably laugh. Uh, there's a film that we used to watch all the time called uh, Puff Puff Pass, and it featured uh, Mackay Pfeiffer and um, Danny Masterson, so the guy from that that '70s show, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and the whole premise of the sh of the the movie is that there's two characters whose TV goes out, and every single day they watch uh, Shawshank Redemption on TNT, and <laughs> when, when their TV goes out, they it's about a journey of them trying to find a way to watch this movie, oh and it's it's terrible. 
it's it's really <laughs> i mean it, it, my, my friends they love it because there's all these like really dumb jokes in it but for me I, I think it's literally like one of the dumbest movies i've ever seen um if i were to fix that movie mm-hmm. uh i mean basically it's it's like a broke version of beavis and butthead honestly <laughs> and so it's kind of like if you're gonna do that you might as well just get that ip or at least like kind of lean heavy to that that motif um because it's kind of somewhere that's more like kind of slapstick kind of goofy humor it's a very i'm not even sure if a lot of people even know about this movie it's one of those movies that like makai pfeiffer probably did because he needed the check so i don't think it's something that's like really known about by a lot of people so (laughs) definitely a very unknown title but the way that you describe it is just really really funny and um honestly i think if you ever took on a project like that you would have a great time because that's what it sounds like a great time (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure it was fun to shoot. And I think, uh, to be honest, like, I bet if I watched it now, I probably would enjoy it now that I'm older and I've been through film school and I know how hard it is to make movies and all that. Um, I probably will watch it with new eyes. I just remember as as a high school slash post high school guy watching that movie and just absolutely hating it and being like, this movie is terrible. So. <laughs> Burn it. No, sorry, guys. Sorry, but Kyle Pfeiffer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I love Makai Pfeiffer, but that that one is a that one's a miss. So, oh man, well, hey, every actor gets caught like that at least once or twenty times. God help. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, what are the most important aspects of creating a film? Um, I would say patience is actually probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um. Not just like in a time sense, but patience with other people um, in terms of just getting things done. I, we made the bond, you know, 100% off the backs of our own labor. Um, we raised the, we raised money from um, crowdfunding. We did about $13,000 in crowdfunding. And so there was like a, a lot of pressure to get this movie shot. But we definitely tried to um, take our time with it uh, in the sense that this is our first film, so there's. I mean, if you watch it, there's plenty of mistakes here and there, and a continuity area, area, continuity errors, and etc. So forth. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, having that patience to get it done and just being able to have it in the can is the biggest. Secondly, and this mm-hmm. is something that a lot of people don't really think about: craft services, feed your crew. If you have good <laughs> food on set, mm-hmm. that is probably like the most important thing that a lot of people overlook because if you have good food and good drinks and people are there they'll they'll enjoy themselves and um that's part of it because it's all about having fun so i agree i agree it's so so very important to keep your casting crew fed um if not it'll just be an utter disaster um exactly. yeah yeah no one wants to work hungry definitely and yeah, I make a point to have uh, extra food on set. It kind of it kind of angers my wife because I'm always coming home with extra pizza, pizzas and chicken and stuff. <laughs> I always overbuy to make sure that there's there's always plenty of food and that everybody's full when they get home. And I'm always setting home plates at the end of the shoot and all that stuff. <laughs> hey, that saves her time. She won't have to cook for a while, so that's good. <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's how I explain it. We got dinner for next week. So. There you go. There you go. Give her a break for sure. And um, tell us about your film titled Bond. What is the premise and what do you want other people to know about your work? So the Bond actually um, came through a series of serendipitous events. So 
the film itself it's about two brothers who are trying to survive through a pandemic in the year 2025 um, in a city known as New Phoenix. The reason why it's called New Phoenix is because a corporation known as Dynamation, who is trying to stop the virus, is creating what is known as wellness cities. And these cities are basically virus-free zones where the virus doesn't exist. And if you're caught with a virus inside that city, then you are thrown out of the city and put into what is known as the dead zone or a wellness camp. And the dead, dead zone is basically what it sounds like. It's a, a lawless area, a lot of homeless people in the area. And um, the premise of the film is about these two brothers whose mother catches the virus and is thrown into the dead zone. Mm. And so they attempt to save her. OMG. And so with the film in general, um, in terms of it being serendipitous, um, as I said earlier, I graduated from Scottsdale Film and Theater. And as my thesis film, I was actually supposed to shoot this film called Magenta. And the school was actually supposed to back it, et cetera, so forth. But the pandemic hit literally about one week out of um, production date. Mm -hmm. And so they shut down the school, uh, the project was put on ice, so um, I didn't really have a lot of options. I had just graduated from school, so I was kind of didn't really have a lot of choices. So I took some of the stimulus money that came in um, from our, our lovely government and I um, bought some camera equipment. Mm -hmm. And I told myself that basically over the summer I was going to shoot a bunch of short films, kind of get sharp with the camera, get good with it. And um, so I shot several short films and one of those short films ended up being um, a short per, a short film version of The Bond. Um, a couple of my friends had hopped on and they were like, oh, you know, um, let's, let's shoot this. And so we did. And when we watched it, they're like, oh, this is actually, you know, not bad. This could be something a little bit more. And so after a lot of convincing, they they were like, you know, let's let's make this a full movie. And I'm like, oh, if you guys really want to. I mean, I got the time. So um, <laughs> we went ahead and uh, we shot it. We, we cut the footage into a trailer and we uh, threw up a GoFundMe and the people responded like crazy they're like oh man we want to see this so mm -hmm. they started sending us money so we're like oh i guess we're making this film um we did not have a script however <laughs> so um wow. i was kind of stressing that because you need to have a script to shoot a film mm -hmm. so after the money started coming in i was like all right i'm gonna go ahead and um sit down and write the script i wrote it in about 10 days and we started shooting um that october of 2020 and uh it was a, a, a long process for sure. We we finished, we wrapped shooting um, May of 2021, mm -hmm. um, basically on some weekend warrior type situation because uh, you know everybody else has jobs and families, et cetera, so forth. So we were shooting basically almost every weekend um, in the back alleys and uh, train tracks of Phoenix, Arizona, trying to make this film happen. So. Well, you didn't try. You definitely did make it work. It sounds like a very, very interesting and relevant story. And um, I'm just excited to just learn about it and, of course, be like your cheerleader in the background and sit down and eat popcorn when it does come out. Now, <laughs> what if... <laughs> I'm, I'm a hot mess. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> now, we were told that you helped with the soundtrack as well. What was the process for creating the music? So uh, one of my multimedia talents is that I'm also a uh, hip hop artist. Um, I go by my my real name, Jaron Eichner. And um, so uh, with that, I just because I like to bite, bite off more than I can chew, I was like, OK, well, since we're making this movie, I'm going to go ahead and make the soundtrack as well. And so uh, on the 14 tracks of the album, seven of them I produced 
um, the other seven were submissions from artists when I did an open call for artists to submit music to the soundtrack. And mm -hmm. so um, <clears throat> with the soundtrack uh, in general, originally the, the idea was to actually separate the score and the soundtrack into two separate entities. But then as we got deeper into recording, um, I was like, well, these songs just need to be in the film. Um, and so the, the soundtrack also doubles as the score for the film. Um, and in terms of the process, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a creator and I, I make at least two or three beats every day. So I have plenty of production to work from and a very talented pool because some of the actors in the film are actually rappers as well. So uh, showcasing their talents in, on the soundtrack as well was part of the process of figuring out how we're gonna get this music out. Um, and so I would say out of the soundtrack, four of the artists on the soundtrack, maybe five, six if you count myself, are also in the film. So that creates like this cross interest with the, with the hip hop community as well as the film community to kind of, you know, cross the streams a little bit and get some promo there as well. But um, we're also just going to pick up a very large campaign with the soundtrack itself, um, starting very soon, actually, with some of the singles that are out there. Definitely, definitely. It sounds absolutely amazing. You've, you're not um, just a owner of a multimedia company, man. You've, you're like a jack of all trades in a sense. So that is very, very impressive. And I think a lot of artists can feel inspired by that. You Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Now, what advice would you give to aspiring film composers? Uh, just do it. Um, <laughs> like Nike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because a, a lot of it. And there's a term for it that I can't quite think of right now, the tip of my tongue, but it's like when you get too much information and then you freeze, information mm -hmm. freeze. I'm not sure that's the exact, exact term. Um, but I, I see that happen a lot in the filmmaking community from composers to producers, directors, et cetera, and so forth, where they, they, they know all the stuff, right? They know mm -hmm. everything, but they're not applying it. Mm -hmm. And they wind up, like kind of second guessing themselves and putting a lot of self doubt into their efforts. And for me personally, like, I don't know everything. And I, I admit that openly. And when it comes to creating, like, I know that I can always, I will always get better. And so as long as I continue to create every time that I put something out, it's going to always be better. So I, I don't often, um, worry about the mistakes and the, I mean, I shouldn't say I don't worry about it, but the mistakes and, and the flaws are, are part of the process. Mm -hmm. And part of the growth and learning from that and just doing better the next time out um, is, is, is what it is for me. A lot of people, they're afraid to take that first step because they're afraid of it being bad or like bad reception or bad feedback. That's going to hurt their self-confidence um, confidence to continue moving. Mm -hmm. And so now with this, uh, with the bond being done, we're actually going back to shoot Magenta. And what's beautiful about that is that um, one, we, I now have my own crew with uh that i acquired through the bond um just with my own cinematographer i have a pool of actors i have producers and funding so um where now magenta is exceptionally easier to shoot this time around it's a much smoother process we're all in sync with each other and i'm realizing that if i didn't shoot the bond first and like work out all the mistakes and go through all the ups and downs of the bond magenta would have been probably not nearly as good as it's going to be when it's done so mm -hmm. just do it and i'm saying go out there get that experience get it done and realize that 
you're going to make some mistakes. It's going to happen. No one's perfect. And perfection is not really a thing. I think that's part of it too, is that we all try to strive for perfection, but it's not really a thing, honestly. And so you just have to push through all those self-doubts and uh, misconceptions of how the world's going to perceive you and just get it done. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Hearing this live from the exchange, Mr. Jaron Eichner, and he's pretty much giving you the greatest advice on earth about just striving towards your goals and your dreams in the creative field. This man is here to stay. He's got a lot of creative stories going along, and so I want you to follow him, follow his journey as a producer, director, and of course, music composer, and you know, just learn more from him as he is a very experienced artist. This guy is awesome. So having said that, okay, where can cheerleaders like me find more about you and your upcoming film? So the best place to find out about the film is actually the film's website, which is thebondmovie.com. Uh, the film's actually out and limited to release right now. It just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, exclusively through the website. It's going to release on a wider platform later this summer on Amazon Prime mm -hmm. and et cetera, and other platforms. But currently, the only place that you can watch the film is thebondmovie.com. If you want to learn more about me, you can actually go to my website, which is jaroneichner.com. That's J-A-R-O-N-I-K-N-E-R.com. And uh, currently, when you go on the front page, you'll see information about the bond. But if you dig a little deeper, you'll find a bio, uh, music videos, short films, uh, some of the scripts that I've written. I actually wrote, wrote a script a couple of years ago mm -hmm. that was loosely based on uh, Spider-Man. Actually, it was Spider-Man, but it was a sequel to uh, Homecoming after um, the drama between Sony and Disney was trying to be sorted out. So it was actually mm -hmm. an MCU list script for Spider-Man. It went viral. Um, wow. A lot of people were asking about that, but that script's on there as well. Um, but yeah, go drawnighter.com is the best place to find me. You'll find all my social media links as well, my IMDb page, et cetera, so forth. So go check that out. Awesome, awesome. We'll definitely be there. I definitely know I will, Shoe. And, you know, I truly appreciate you just coming in to, you know, tell us more about you. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm not really big on press runs, but I understand how important it is to get to get out there and kind of talk about the film and do all that. Mm -hmm. And you're actually the first interview I've done so far. So I appreciate you kind of breaking the ice with me because now I'm ready to <laughs> do more of these interviews and get, and get the word out. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Well, you're the most awesome and the smoothest ever, you know. So you did you did really awesome. And um, I thank all of you at home for listening in. If you have a compelling topic or story that you wish to discuss, or if you wish to promote your business, please visit us online at www.experiencetheexchange.com. Feel free to also follow us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. That's three awesome ways to follow Mr. Jerron Eichner. Okay, guys? Thank you all so very much, and have a great night, you guys. <laughs>